Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Rant Radio for Thursday, August 24th, 2023. Days out from all in AW's biggest pay-per-view of all time, wrestling's biggest pay-per-view of all time. If reports are to be believed, and it is indeed breaking the attendance record from WrestleMania 32 seven years ago, we have the biggest wrestling event of all time on our hands coming up at Wembley Stadium this weekend. We're going to be talking all about it, doing previews and predictions for the show uh, coming up in a few days at the end of this show. In the meantime, though, a lot to get into from Raw on Monday. John Cena coming back. Uh, making a one-off in-ring return, appearing uh, supposedly, apparently, at that Superstar Spectacle show in India coming up in a couple weeks. He will be on SmackDown next Friday, doing what? We'll talk about that. Big update on Edge. Uh, where is he headed? Contract expiring. Final match on SmackDown last week. Big question mark there. And a big death in the world of wrestling from yesterday. Uh, we'll get into all that and much, much more. Mr. Marceau, brother, I missed you last week, dude. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well as well. I know you've been busy all month. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk a little wrestling with me here today before such a big weekend. I know. I've been slammed at work. I'm glad I can get on here before, uh, <laughs> before the big big weekend coming up. And big weekends, really. I mean, like I said, so we have all in this weekend and the next week when we speak again, it's going to be another big uh, show, really, because we'll be breaking down All In and then also previewing All Out, which at this point... Uh, not a lot of buzz or attention around that show. We only have two matches announced, Miro and Hobbs, and then Luchasaurus and Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Obviously, more matches to be announced after All In, but we'll be previewing that next week. Payback as well. That card's kind of coming together you know, nicely in the last couple of weeks on Raw. Not as many matches as I thought would be confirmed by now. They have one week left of TV, so you would think they would have announced more matches by now, but... Uh, maybe they'll announce more matches tomorrow on SmackDown. But regardless, we have All Out next weekend, Payback, All In this weekend. You're flying out to London, right? Aren't you going to Wembley this uh, this Sunday? Bad chance. <laughs> I would love to go. Listen, I would love to see. I, I've always said this. One of the biggest items in my wrestling bucket list is seeing a show in London. Uh, this was not in the cards, but I could see them either running it again another time, whether it be Wembley or another stadium in England. Obviously, this did so well. They will be back at some point. WWE, I mean, it didn't, John Cena told me they were doing WrestleMania in England. So, I mean, if John Cena said it, it must be true, right? Definitely. <laughs> I, I can't imagine John Cena would lie about such a thing. But in all seriousness, though, um, I, I would love to see a show in London at some point. I will be watching from the comfort of my own home on Sunday. We'll get into that much, much more. New episodes every single week right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Uh, new episodes every so single week, as I mentioned. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. And uh, like I said, a lot to talk about here today, Mr. Marceau. But we have to start off with this. Big death in the wrestling world from yesterday. Terry Funk Jr. passing away at the age of 79. The cause of death... If it was revealed, I might have missed it. It might not have been revealed yet. But I know he wasn't doing the best health-wise in the last couple of months, at the very least. Uh, I think he had a health scare not too long ago, passing away yesterday, like I said, at 79. 
Uh, this is the most outpouring I have seen for a wrestling death in quite some time. I mean, we had Iron Sheik pass away a couple of months ago. We talked about that at the time. We've had a lot of wrestling deaths this year, but I think this is obviously the biggest. Um, as arguably one of the greatest of all time, and not in terms of just... You know, he wasn't the biggest name in WWE or a major company in the last 20, 30 years, but in terms of the effect and the inspiration he had on various generations stemming from, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and beyond, <clears throat> someone that a lot of the current talent have learned from. Punk talks about him a lot. Eddie Kingston talks about the influence that Terry Funk had on today's wrestling and so much more. Uh, he was involved in stuff up until even a couple of years ago. I completely forgot about this. But he actually had a segment on WWE TV in 2016 with Dean Ambrose right before WrestleMania 32. You talk about the biggest wrestling shows of all time. Mania 32 was that show back in 2016 at AT&T Stadium. Terry Funk, I think, gave Dean Ambrose a chainsaw in a segment on Raw. I completely forgot about that. But he was doing stuff up until, I think, the mid-2000s and... I remember playing as him personally in SmackDown vs. Raw 2008, my favorite, or not my favorite, but my first wrestling video game. So I'm familiar with more of his recent work, some of the stuff he was doing in the late 90s with uh, Cactus Jack, Mankind, McFoley, obviously, against the New Age Outlaws in the late 90s. Uh, again, his influence spans generations. Uh, not a shocking, uh, you know, passing again. He was 79, but still uh, one that is felt by many people, to say the very least. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I, I mean, he hasn't done anything too much in the last 20 years, I'd say. Like I said, that, yeah, I know he had the, came back in like the late 90s with, with Cactus Jack, and then, like I said, I guess that Dean Ambrose had it, but I mean, like you said, I think it was just more of like his career, like basically, I don't even know how you say it, like, like you said, like other people looked up to him and kind of molded themselves after him, and he's just a big pioneer in the industry, so... I think I heard as well that he was having some health issues, so when I saw it came across yesterday, it wasn't like overly surprised, um, but definitely like a big loss. Yeah, a lot of matches and moments to watch of his from Peacock, from uh, various promotions and whatnot. I'm not one to uh, give any recommendations because, again, I'm not that knowledgeable about his entire career. I just kind of know that he's among the greatest of all time because I've heard that from so many credible people, but... Um, but yeah, again, the influence is there. You could see it in, in, in today's wrestling, a lot, especially with the hardcore stuff, for better or for worse. You see that a lot in AEW, and again, Eddie Kingston talks about him a lot. So um, a big loss in the wrestling world from Terry Funk. I think he and his brother Dory went into the WWE Hall of Fame, I think in 2009, I want to say. I think they were a part of that class when they were in Texas for Mania 25. Um, I think he went into the WWE Hall of Fame that year. And, uh, yeah, rest in power. I think that was his whole thing instead of rest in peace. Rest in power, Terry Funk. Big loss for the wrestling world. Uh, I mentioned earlier an update on Edge. So we haven't really talked about this, Mr. Marceau, because it was, like, a hot topic going into SmackDown last week. And the news, like, it perfectly... Not, I don't want to say perfectly, but, like, it was one of those things where we... I know we, you weren't on the show last week, but it was one of those things where it happened... As soon as I was done recording, and it happens all the time with you and I, where something big will drop after we're done here speaking on the phone and after I put up the show and whatnot. It was one of those type of things. As soon as I was done recording last week, news broke that Edge, heading into his match on SmackDown, could be looking to retire. That came from his trainer, Ron Hutchinson, who was in the front row for the match against Sheamus on SmackDown last week. And I read that, I'm thinking, well, clearly he's thinking it would be nice if he retired in Toronto on SmackDown 25 years later, blah, blah, blah. It'd be a nice full circle moment. Even Edge then said, went on record and said, this could be it for me. Again, I'm reading that thinking it's clearly an angle. He's just saying that to make people excited for the match. 
But what I saw them do with him on SmackDown last week, from the video packages to the interviews to the music video to the match itself, it being in Toronto, main event of SmackDown, winning clean, no post-match angle, crying wife Beth Phoenix in the crowd with his kids there as well. Uh, it really did feel like the end of Edge. Maybe not in you know in in wrestling, but certainly in WWE. And then we hear rumors later on in the weekend, and then earlier this week, and as recently as yesterday. I'm just trying to give the full scope here before we really get into it. And then Edge later debunked these rumors in a video he put out on, on Twitter earlier today. But there was a report on Wednesday from PW Torch, and the report initially came late last week from Fightful, that AEW could be an option, and that he might be interested in that, and people would not be surprised if he went there. And then the PW Torch report had indicated that WWE made him an offer, and I think it was actually Edge who made an offer for what it would take to retain her services, and they would not meet his uh, demands, so to speak. And I read that, and I'm thinking, that just, I mean, I don't think it's a money thing with Edge. I would just be very surprised that that was the case. I mean, I'm sure he's making <clears throat> millions as it is right now in WWE for not working every week, so it's not a schedule thing. Uh, so that just kind of was weird to me. And then I had seen I had seen other people say, well, maybe it's a case of like he knew WWE wouldn't match that offer, so he gave them an offer that they couldn't match because he's always had his sights set in going to AEW and reuniting with Christian, which is probably the main appeal there in going to AEW, which he almost ended up in in 2020 before he came back to WWE. Uh, before he got cleared, he was going to go to AEW, but he went to Vince McMahon first as a courtesy thing to let him know. And Vince said, well, if you're going to come back to the ring, it's going to be here. So AEW kind of helped. If it wasn't for AEW, he probably wouldn't even be back in the ring. But anyway, I mentioned a lot there, a lot to get into. What are you thinking about Edge, Mr. Marceau? You saw the match on SmackDown last week. You're reading all the same stuff that I am. What What's your gauge on Edge, and what his future holds in wrestling? Um, I mean, I think I mean if I was him, I think I'd just hang it up. I mean, I think he had a good comeback with WWE. Kind of did had some good matches. Had the WrestleMania match with Roman and Daniel. Um, had some good. I feel like he had a lot of good matches and. I feel like it's, I mean, I don't know how old he is per se, but I mean, he finally got like, didn't could retire on his own. And I thought he had a good second run in WWE. I mean, I think if he really wants to continue, I guess he could go to AEW. I mean, I just, he's not going to be Edge. So um, I guess he go by his real name, I guess. But I don't know. I just feel like he, he kind of finished with like a good way. And I, I think I, if I was him, I would just hang it up. But I mean, anything's possible, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it would just be surprising to me if that was his final match. I mean, first of all, it was a great match. The match with Sheamus was really, really good. Um, I would just be surprised if he ended his career on a SmackDown, of all things. He had his final match on SmackDown. It was in Toronto, and they gave him the whole VIP treatment with it being 25 years of Edge. They dedicated the entire episode to Edge. No bloodline whatsoever. And it just being on SmackDown against Sheamus, of all people, like... You tip. I mean, I love Sheamus, don't get me wrong, I thought the match was great. But when I hear of a last match, I think of someone putting someone else over on the way out and it not being all about them. He didn't put over Sheamus, he didn't elevate really anyone on the way out. He really hasn't elevated a lot of people in the time that he's been back. Um, he's actually won a majority of his matches, which is fine. I mean, Sting has won pretty much all of his matches in AEW. I think every single match that Sting has had in AEW, they're, granted they're all tag team matches, but I don't think he's lost a single match in AEW. So it's not always about losing to other people. Um, but I would think, you know, he might want to put over like a Grayson Waller or someone like that on the way out, but I guess not. So that doesn't automatically mean that I think that he's done or not done. I, I, so it's, it's not just that he could be done. 
or he's going to AEW. He mentioned in the video that he put out on Twitter earlier today that he legitimately, and I take him at his word, that he doesn't know what he wants to do. Not as far as what company he signs with, but whether he wrestles at all. And you mentioned yourself. He had a great second run, I thought. And it's Edge is, the, is a divisive figure, not in terms of like the person himself, but his career and what he's been doing since he's been back. I've seen people say that he's had a bad run. He's had a run that people don't care about. They don't give a shit about Edge at this point. Or they love the run like I did. I thought he had a lot of good matches. Matches we never thought we would see with Rollins, Roman, AJ Styles, Finn Balor. The list goes on and on. He got to team with his wife. He headlined WrestleMania. He competed for world championships. He had Hell in the Cell matches. He had a last man standing match. He competed in the Thunderdome. He competed in front of... Almost 80,000 people. He was there at Clash of the Castle last year. He had that whole year-long feud with the Judgment Day. He went heel. He was babyface. He had a number of returns. He, he's pretty much done it all. Uh, competed in Canada, Canada a, a whole bunch of times. There really is nothing more left for him to do in WWE. Not even really left any matches left for him to have. He's faced all the current talent, even older talent that have been there as long as he has, like Randy Orton and Sheamus and people like that. Um, there's just not a lot of people left for him to work with. No matches. I'm thinking, well, he has to come back for this. Do you think there's a possibility that, again, like I said, in that video that he put out earlier today, he said there is a contract extension waiting in his inbox. And again, I don't think he's lying about that. I, I think he's telling the truth. Why would, he, why would he publicly lie about that? I think WWE is willing to keep him. I don't think they would just let him go to AEW. I think that they're not willing to let their lowest person on the roster go to AEW. I don't think they're just going to let Edge Walsh in AEW. They're going to do anything they can to hold on to the WWE Hall of Famer. Do you think there's an option here where Edge does stick around in WWE and maybe he wrestles for another year or maybe at WrestleMania and he wraps up there and that what we saw on SmackDown may not have been the end after all? Um, I mean, I guess it's possible. I just feel like the way that they like wrote it and the way it kind of came off, I feel like it, was like it came off like it was his last WWE match. So I guess it's possible it maybe come like a different role or some sort, but... Um, I think in-ring-wise, I, I would assume he's done. For WWE, at least. Yeah, I don't know. I just think there's a chance he could compete again. I'm not saying he absolutely has to, but I'm just not ruling out that possibility. The AEW thing to me is weird, and it's not like I'm a WWE homer. I think he has to go to WWE or bust. Like I agree with his initial thinking, and that documentary they put out on him three and a half years ago when he first came back in early 2020, I think it was called The Second Mountain. It was a WWE 24 special, one of the best documentaries they've ever done. And he indicated there, and again, he's always pretty honest in his interviews, that he had revealed there if Vince, or he, when he went to Vince, like I said earlier, about coming back and Vince wanted him to have his return in WWE. That I agree with. Edge coming back to the ring after nine years away, to me, had to happen in WWE. I know Soraya wrestled her first match back in five, six years in AEW. CM Punk came back to wrestling after almost seven years away in AEW. Those are two different things to me, though, because, I mean, Soraya and Punk had a lot of their success outside of WWE, although they are synonymous with that company. Edge's entire career has taken place in WWE, and hearing that uh, Metalinga song and, and hearing him called Edge and whatnot, it just wouldn't be the same in AEW if he were to come back three years ago. Now, if he were to go now, I mean, he made comments in an interview he did a couple days ago saying it's getting harder and harder for him to get back in the ring. I mean, he's not wrestling consistently, nor should he be, but... Uh, his matches aren't bad. I mean, he had a, that great match with Sheamus, but he's clearly getting older. EW wouldn't be opposed to signing him, obviously. They have a fucking 64-year-old and Sting on the roster, 63, 64-year-old and Sting. So, I mean, he could certainly sign there and it wouldn't be an issue, but at the same time, like, to do what, though? 
I know we say the Christian thing, and that would make sense. He wants one more tag team run with Christian. Okay, what, they get another match out of the Hardys? I mean, that sounds like an AARP advertisement waiting to happen. I like the Hardys, but I'm like, I mean, does that really need to happen? Probably not. I know he's very close with FTR. I mean, that could that's a match that could happen. I'm not sure. Uh, but beyond that, like, is he going in there working with Kenny Omega? Like, him and Punk, we've seen that before. Him and Daniel Bryan, we've seen that before. Like, I'm not really sure what there is left for him to do in AEW unless it was just a quick one-off tag team run with Christian, which might be enough to appeal him to go there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I just feel like their tag team division is, like, the weakest it's been in a while, so bringing them in, like... And now of all times, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it just wouldn't be the same. I mean, I bet you... I, I just, I don't know. I feel like what they've done with Christian, I feel like Christian's probably been one of the better people they've had. But, like, he's also not wrestling a lot. He's been he's pretty good in, like, the manager role as it is to begin with. So, I feel like he fits better there. Like, Edge isn't the, I feel like Christian's a better talker. I feel like Edge would just be, like you said, it would have to be, like, a wrestling run. And, like, I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to, to edging Christian 20 years later and running it back. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know they're doing... They kind of already have that nostalgia act in the Hardys, though. I mean, we've seen the Hardys on the show the last couple of weeks losing to Ozzy Open and the Young Bucks, and they almost put the tag team titles on them a year ago before Hardy got arrested, that being Jeff. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I love Edge and Christian. I love the Hardys. Seeing them run it back would be cool. I just... I, I think that's it, it sounds good on paper. It sounds like it's a cool little short-term thing. I don't know if you could sign a six-month contract there. I feel like if Tony Khan wants him, you would only have him sign, like, a three-year deal. Like, what, he's going to wrestle till he's 53? I mean, I guess he could. Jericho's at around the same age. But Jericho's working weekly. I mean, Jericho is... Not that Jericho is having these amazing matches on a weekly basis either. He's working weekly. I wouldn't say it's great, it's great matches or great television. It's not, but I also just feel like, and I love Edge, but I just feel like in the time that he's been back in WWE, dating back to when he first came back in 2020, I, I feel I don't know if it's a stylistic choice or they're just having him do this. Maybe it's a WWE, you know, they're forcing him to do this. I don't know. His matches are very slow, and that can sometimes be a great thing if they're telling a great story. Or they could... I mean, a lot of his matches feel like they're fucking 30 minutes. It's very rare Edge has a match that's at least less than 20 minutes. I know you want to get the most out of him by having him be in the ring for a while. The match with Waller in SmackDown was maybe 15 minutes, and that was probably one of the shorter matches he's had. The Balor match, Mani this year, I mean, I'll look it up right now, but it, it, that was certainly not a 10-minute affair. I know it was Hell in the Cell, but I'm just thinking, like, this is just way too fucking long. Like, it's just dragging on forever. I'm looking it up now, but, you know, the Roman Reigns match of Money in the Bank a few years ago was like 30 minutes. Like, is he really going to have those type of matches in AEW? Oh, wow, holy shit, never mind. Edge and Balor only went 18 minutes. It felt like it was 30. Maybe it's just not because I didn't like the match. I don't know. I just did not love that match. So what I'm saying is he has a different style of, of wrestling. Like, he's not going in there and hard-hitting like Daniel Bryan. And even Punk, he's not the same performer he was a decade ago. But he could still go in there and hang with the active, like, bump, 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 bump. I don't know. I just don't see that same sort of style of match from Edge. I don't see his style working for the sort of stuff that AEW does. Maybe it would be a fresh, a, a breath of fresh air, but, I mean, that's just single stuff. Tag team stuff might be different, but I don't know. I just don't see him being a great fit for AEW, especially when they already have Sting and there's rumors of Goldberg maybe coming in. I mean... When, when are we going to turn the tables here and, and accuse AEW of bringing in only part-timers? I mean, what worth do they really have for Edge? We hear about this, whether it's true or not, and Tony Khan's a mark, as we all are, but he would pay top dollar for Edge. What's the worth there? Let me ask you this. What's the worth there for them bringing in Edge? 
I just don't feel like it would really make that much of a difference. Punk, you can build a brand around. Danielson, you can have him put over other people. They've been invaluable to AEW success. I just don't really feel like Edge is a necessary signing for AEW either. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you'd slate Edge in with like the Soraya role, like a big name, but really, I mean, I just don't know how much you'd really get out of him. And like I said, they're changing his name, so it's not Edge. It's, I don't know Adam Copeland. I don't know what the fuck you'd go by, but like I just. I just don't see the long term. I think, like, yeah, at first you'd get, like, the people going crazy for Edge. I just, I don't think it's going to be, like, it's not the, it's not like a punk. Like, punk is, like, basically, a, like, the guy. I don't think Edge would be there. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. And it's not like if he's working more regularly. Even the guys they brought in, like, even with, like, Brian and Punk, like, they brought them, they're probably the biggest two names for WWE, and they've both been, I don't want to say constantly, but been consistently injured as well. So, like, Punk obviously had the suspension, but, like, he's got hurt multiple times. I mean, Brian's out on injury now. I think he's been injured before as well. So, I mean, if Edge is going to work more consistently, I I mean, I, I would assume he's going to get injured as well. I just don't really see, like, the worth. If, if they're bringing him just for a, a, t- a tag reunion with Christian, I mean, I don't I don't really see it being a big a big thing. I don't. And maybe, like I said, maybe as a one-off, but for a full-on run, for a three-year run to do what? I mean, the tag team with Christian and then split off on his own. I just don't feel like, and again, I'm spectacle, or skeptical, rather. I just don't feel like he would feel as much of an attraction in AEW as he does in WWE. And say what you will, maybe it's because AEW just has a bigger and more stacked roster than WWE that's obviously debatable. They already have Sting, and Sting's been booked amazingly well. But Sting's been already doing the tag team thing. I feel like it's the same sort of thing if you're just going to bring in Sting and put him in a tag team, which has worked great for him and Darby and whatnot. To do the same thing with Edge just feels like the same thing at that point. Just put that money towards signing new talent and building up the people you already have. They already have enough people we don't see enough of. We heard those rumors, or at least I saw the rumors on Twitter yesterday. Oh, Keith Lee might be gone from AEW. Apparently that isn't true. But, I mean, let's start focusing on those people instead of worrying about bringing in Edge or Goldberg to do what? Unless Goldberg's coming in to put over Wardlow. We haven't seen it in fucking months, by the way. Who? Yeah, exactly. Unless you're bringing in these people for a short run to put over other people ultimately. I mean, again, I love Sting. He feels like an attraction. He feels special. He has not put over a single fucking person except for Darby Allin by teaming with him. That is it. I mean, we can't just have these nostalgia runs where they come in and they run rampant over the tag team division. And then if you have them in there losing consistently like the Hardys have been lately, then they don't feel special at all, so it's kind of a lose-lose. I'm not even saying he has to go to WWE, but to kind of circle back, long-winded answer here, I just feel like him probably retiring and having that be it from SmackDown or just doing a couple more matches and wrapping it up at WrestleMania might be the best way to go. I, I think you would agree with that. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I, I don't think WWE even needs him either. I think he's had a great run, and he's put over all these people, and he's beaten a lot of people, and he's had a lot of great matches. There's not one match I say to myself, oh, Edge has to stick around for this match with Cody Rhodes. I mean, that'd be cool, but, like, it's not necessary. Uh, one last thing before we get to Raw from Monday night. John Cena coming back for another in-ring return, uh, kind of out of the blue. We're getting this Superstar Spectacle show in India on Friday, September 8th. Now, I've seen... Conflicting things apparently will not be, I, it will not be live. I know that that that's a given. Um, it, it's going to be a raw branded show. I was confused because they put it out on Twitter. Like, who the fuck is working the show? Because if like, it's on the same day as SmackDown in Boston, which is ironic, as Cena is not at that SmackDown in Boston. He's on SmackDown the week before, and then he's working the India show a week later. I think that's a raw branded show, and then they have SmackDown that night in uh, in Boston. But anyway. So, Cena's coming back. He's working 
a match, apparently, at that Superstar Spectacle show, but he's going to be on SmackDown the week prior, that being next week on September 1st. Who do we think he's coming back for here? I, I still think the show will be taped. WWE rarely does not tape, does not not tape things, if that makes sense, even if they put it up later. Um, it won't be up that day, but I could see them taping that and putting, up, putting it up on Peacock a couple days later. Especially if it has a John Cena match on. I mean, how do you do that and then not air it anywhere? But, uh, yeah, what do you think Cena's coming back to do? They obviously want to boost this India house show they're doing, glorified India house show, which is great. Do you think he's working a tag team match? Do you think he's working a match with Grayson Waller? Uh, what do you think he's doing, and what would you what would you like to see him do if we were able to watch the match? That's a great question. I don't know. I feel like there isn't one match. I'm like, oh, I really want to see it. Like, I feel like that was theory, and the match was just like there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's done literally nothing with theory. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, that's a funny thing. It's like with Cena, it's like, what do you do with them? Um. If I it's not taped, it doesn't have to be a marquee match, so. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of a heel in Raw that, like, makes, like, that I want to even see, and I can't even think of one. I legitimately could just see them, because, again, if it's not taped and it's not, like, WrestleMania, I could just see them doing some sort of house show bullshit where he runs it back with, like, The Miz. Not that I want to see that at all, but, I mean, The Miz just mentioned John Cena, like, a couple times on Raw recently. I could certainly see them doing something like that. Or, I literally going to say The Miz, but I was like, that sounds awful. That sounds awful. Yeah. I mean, I almost wish the show would not be taped in that case. But I had seen some people say, and I mentioned this on Hashtag yesterday, or on, on Wednesday, what I would love to see, and this makes a lot of sense to me, John Cena teaming with LA Knight against The Miz, given the history there, and LA Knight's current rivalry with The Miz, and Grayson Waller. Cause, or maybe, I'm sorry, it wasn't The Miz. I think, the, I think it came from Fightful. They were saying that, Maybe instead of The Miz, it would be um, Grayson Waller. Because L.A. Knight is feuding with uh, The Miz. I mean, I guess you can incorporate The Miz in there somehow, whatever. Uh, Grayson, or maybe it was, I, I don't know, some, some sort of tag team match where it's instead of Theory and Miz, or Theory and Waller, or Miz and Theory, whatever the fuck, against L.A. Knight and Cena. It protects Cena, it gets him in a tag team match, he doesn't have to do much, he's done this sort of stuff before when he's come back to do matches for WWE. He primarily works tag team matches on these house shows because... He's just not in ring shape, and he hasn't wrestled in months. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, it gives LA Knight the rub, and he's the most over guy in the roster right now. So I, I think something like that could work. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like, like you said, I don't think it's going to be like a 20-minute barn burner. Yeah, I think putting him in a tag team, like I said, if it's like Knight versus Miz and someone else, or I don't know, I just... It's funny because, like, with someone like Cena, I feel like he hasn't been around so long. You think there'd be, like, more matches you want to see with him. But, like, as of now, like, like I said, besides Theory, I couldn't even name someone on the roster. I'm like, oh, I really want to see Cena face him. Yeah, no, there's not a single person on the roster. Aside from Theory, and like you said, that did nothing for Theory. The program sucked, and the match wasn't great. So, <laughs> the match was fine, but it was not WrestleMania-worthy to me anyway. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm not really sure what you do, but... Again, if the show isn't taped, it probably will not matter much anyway. But we'll find out uh, when he comes back to SmackDown next Friday. Uh, speaking of Raw from Monday night, before we get all in predictions at the end here, I thought it was a quality show on Monday night. Uh, slowly but surely putting the card together for this payback pay-per-view next weekend. We got the return of Kevin Owens on the show on Monday, returning in Mont—or they weren't in Montreal, they were in Toronto, rather. Or I'm sorry, Quebec City. They were in Quebec City, uh, returning alongside Sami Zayn. And uh, they got a tremendous reaction, teaming with Cody Rhodes in the main event, beating Judgment Day. Pretty standard stuff. Really nothing to write home about there. Uh, we didn't have a chance to talk about this last week, but Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre are now a team. 
So they lost on the show to New Day attacking, being attacked afterward by the Viking Raiders. So we'll probably get some sort of triple threat tag team match. Maybe the winners get a title shot at some point. I'm not sure. Uh, what do you think of this? What do you make of this Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre tag team? Uh, do you think the end game is one turning on the other? Because I don't really feel like all the similar success to RK Bro. You can't really rep, uh, you know, replicate that with these two. So I would have Drew turn on Matt, but it sounds like from what Drew has said in the past that he's not high on that idea because the whole, you know, he does a lot of the stuff with Special Olympics and Make-A-Wish and he doesn't want to jeopardize that relationship he has with those organizations. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but I feel like Drew going heel would be the best thing for him at this point. What about, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like Drew, but I mean, it's just one of those things like, do I see theory? Like, or not theory. Do I see like Riddle as a heel right now? No. I feel like he's as, as cold as he's been and since he's got called up in the main roster, I feel like Riddle's just kind of there and I feel like they're, maybe they're trying to do this and it's like maybe trying to sap some RK bro off it, but uh, I'm just not feeling it. So, I mean, Drew going heel, I feel like would be better for Raw. I feel like they need more heels, but and it's some more credible heel. So even if he made Theory a heel, or not, I keep saying Theory. If we make Riddle a heel, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't see it really like going anywhere. Yeah, no, I just I just don't think Riddle has what it takes to be a compelling heel. I just don't. I think he's too goofy. I think that's who he is in real life, and I just haven't seen anywhere he's worked that he could work well as a heel. So I wouldn't turn him heel necessarily, but uh, Drew would be a great heel. I'm just not sure if they if he wants to pull the trigger on that. But it does give them something to do to team for right now, and we'll see what the end game is. Hopefully they don't drag this out for six months, as we've seen with other stuff. Um, at least they're on the show, they're doing something, it gives Matt Riddle something to do for the first time in a while, so I'm not complaining, but we'll see where it winds up. Uh, the best show, best part of the show, one of the best parts of the show on Monday night, Intercontinental Championship, uh, Gunter taking on Chad Gable, a great match from these two, making the most of the time they had, Chad Gable winning by countout, giving Gunter his first loss of any kind in the main roster, he's lost tag team matches, but he hasn't been pinned at all, and he certainly has not lost any matches on the main roster by countout or disqualification. That changed here. Gable went over, uh, celebrating the win like it was Lex Luger at SummerSlam 93. He did not win the championship, obviously, but indicating that the rivalry is not yet over, and there will be another match between the two, probably a payback next weekend, days before Gunter breaks the record as the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. So your thoughts on the match itself, and as we get closer to the uh, final date, that Gunter has to surpass to become the longest reigning champion. Is he breaking the record, or will WWE pull a fast one on us and have Gable upset him before then? He's going to break the record. I don't think I don't see Gable beating him before he gets the record. I think this was a like a perfect booking thing of doing, like, oh, Gable beats him by countout. Maybe, like, on Raw coming up next week, he'd be like, oh, I already beat you once. Like, I can beat you again. Kind of, like, give people hope that Gable could win. I mean, he's got, he's gone this far. I doubt Gunther's going to lose before he gets the record at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, I could see WWE just doing WWE things and having them have Gable be the one to beat Gunther before he breaks the record. But I, I don't think they'll do that. I am pretty confident Gunther is uh, going to hold that championship past that point. Can you have Gable be the one to beat Gunther after he breaks the record, or would you save that for a later day? I've seen people say that, you know, you can hold off on this until the Rumble. You know, do the rematch in a couple of weeks, but hold off on the rematch until, like, a day like the Rumble. Gable beats him there for the championship. And that same night, though, Gunter can win the Royal Rumble match itself. I feel like that would be a great story if they went in that direction. Pie-in-the-sky booking, fantasy booking here, but I feel like something like that could work. Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, or you could even have him, like, maybe he doesn't, like, 
Gunther gets help and at payback, and then he retains there, and then you do something at fast lane, just the two of them, and 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 Gable beats him clean there. I yeah. don't know. I feel like you could. I think winning the rumble could be nice. So like maybe he gets like more more serious than he is. I mean, he's still kind of goofy. I wish he was more of a serious character, mm-hmm. but I think maybe if you fleshed it out longer, like I said, towards the Royal Rumble, he could become more more serious. Oh, yeah. Give him some more time to become that serious character. I mean, I, I agree. What we've seen so far has been good, and he's over and whatnot with the audience, but I want to see more of an edge to Gable that makes him more of a serious competitor, like what we saw from him in American Alpha. Because um, he was a goofy character there at first as well, before becoming just an all-out wrestling machine. I want to see that same side of Gable on the main roster as well. And hopefully, in due time, we will get that. Um, Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez made official four payback, Rhea squashing Candice on Monday night. Raquel announcing she's no longer injured, which she was never legitimately injured in the first place. Uh, and, and announcing that she's getting her shot at the Women's World Championship at Payback next weekend. So um, I think the way they've progressed this program has been nice. It, you know, it gives Raquel something to do. It's the most interesting that she's been in the main roster so far. Rhea has some real competition. Her reign has been a big point of contention lately as far as like she never really defends the title. She never really wrestles, except for on NXT. Um, but she will be wrestling at Payback, her first pay-per-view title defense since the Night of Champions show in May. She was not in action at SummerSlam or Money in the Bank. So your thoughts on this match being made official and your overall impressions of Rhea Ripley's reign so far as the Women's World Champion on Raw? Um, I think it's been good. I mean, I obviously, like people, like you said, people complain she hasn't defended or wrestled a lot. I mean, she's wrestled a decent amount of NXT, so I guess you could kind of count that mm-hmm. um i think it's been great though i mean I, I think i think she's big enough that she doesn't have to wrestle every week and i i mean she's part of the biggest group and i would say she's probably the leader i think her with dom's great i i, I honestly liked her reign so far i mean like i said she hasn't wrestled a ton on raw but i i mean i like it she's been booked dominantly listen she's not been booked weak she hasn't had a lot of memorable feuds but i don't think like i said yesterday on hashtag I don't think this is a Rhea Ripley problem. I think it's a women's division on Raw issue where they're not really building up any credible challengers. They are now with Raquel. Um, She's kind of the placeholder program, I feel, for Rhea right now. I don't think she's beating Rhea. I don't think she should beat Rhea. She's not at that point yet. She's not that interesting. I don't think giving her the championship would make her interesting. They need to do a whole character overhaul there, either by turning her heel or something. Um, like Candace and Indy being presented as just two ordinary women. I mean, Candace has been a jobber since she got brought back. But Indy, the last time we saw her in a singles match before this past week, she was the fucking NXT Women's Champion. And then she went on Raw last week making her singles debut on the show. She got squashed in a matter of minutes by Rhea Ripley. I'm not saying she needed to nearly beat Rhea, but it should have been a little bit more competitive than it was if you want to send the message that she's someone to be taken seriously in that division. We haven't seen that yet. There's a lot of other women on the Raw roster that we never really even see on the show. Emma, Tegan Knox, Nikki Cross sometimes, Shayna, she beat Ronda. I mean, she wasn't, she did have a vignette on Monday and she beat Zoe Stark two weeks ago. Um, they need to do a better job with this division. Which brings me to my next point, Mr. Marceau. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. Now, I know you weren't on the show last week, we didn't have a chance to talk about it ourselves, but they had their match last week. It ended in a double countout. We found out on that same show they're having a rematch inside of a steel cage at Payback. And they're dragging this out even further until then. A, a rivalry that was already past its expiration point a few months ago. By SummerSlam, we were thinking, okay, it's not interesting anymore, but at least they're blowing it off at SummerSlam, and they didn't do it there either. And now they're waiting even longer to blow it off at Payback. 
this segment on Monday proved why they should have ended it at SummerSlam over Ronda and Shayna, because no one gave a shit about that. They probably would have been more interested in this match. They've been in Canada two weeks in a row, and not a single fucking fan in attendance has given a single shit about Trish Stratus, who is from the country. Uh, this heel run has not been great. Her promo on Monday was awful, and uh, I'm sure you saw the tweet, but they were chanting in French or whatever, uh, I think it was French. They were chanting, we don't fucking care, during her promo. Give me your analysis here as far as what you're thinking about this feud. I'm sure it's along the same lines as me. And why they need to end this thing at payback and have Becky move on to something new as soon as possible. Yeah, I just it's one of those things. We, last time we discussed it, it's just one of those things. I just feel like, I don't know if it's like Becky as a baby face or just the way that they've handled the feud. I just feel like it hasn't really worked. I mean, her also losing to Zoe and then losing to Trish already. It, I mean, I kind of don't love the way they set it up because I just feel like Becky's just a loser. Um, and, like, her character works when, like, eh. I feel like just her, maybe just her as a baby face. It's just, she came back as a heel and she was amazing. And this whole, like, going back to the man thing, I just feel like people just don't care. It just hasn't really connected. Um, she doesn't feel like the man. Long... That's the thing to me. What? She doesn't feel like the man. That's the thing for no, me. No, exactly. She, like I said, she's lost, like, a handful of times recently, so she just feels like a loser. Um... And then, like, keep dragging this out. I mean, she lost to Trish again, or they had the double count out, and I, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things they just need to get this over with. They should have just done it at SummerSlam. I get it with Ron and Shayna. I mean, Shayna's either hurt, or she's been not really even been on the show since after she beat Zoe on Raw after SummerSlam. So mm-hmm. I would just end it at payback to move on. Like I said, I just don't think either it's the babyface run or Becky is like you said the man she's not really the man she just lost a lot I don't know I feel like she just needs a little tweak uh, and then like Trish is just kind of there I like Trish a lot but I don't know she hasn't really done much for me either so I think it kind of goes both ways but you really need to end this as soon as possible yeah I, I think they just lack chemistry too I just don't think they have any chemistry the matches have not been great um, that match last week was just boring uh, the Night of Champions match I liked I liked that match a few months ago but it's very hit or miss with this feud. They have weeks where they have good segments, and even dating back to April, they had segments when this feud when this feud first started that were just not good. And it's been months now, and it just doesn't feel like it's gotten that much better. So, uh, I've said before, I don't want to completely shit on it because I like the idea of them giving them non-title feuds to the women. I've said that before, and this has been a great use of Becky. It's kept her busy outside of the title picture. She's not out there doing nothing. She's had this keeping her busy for a few months now. It just has not been overly entertaining. Uh, Becky wins next week. LOL, we know that. Like, the lemon t-shirt, like, the lemonade, that's just stupid. Like, who the fuck is buying that shit? I'm sure it did sell a couple t-shirts. It's just dumb. I don't know if Becky herself is dissatisfied or if it's a combination of both, but the company, it just feels like she's out there and she's just going through the motions a lot of the time. She's not bad, wait. but... Go ahead. Mom, wait, Mom, what? The, the lemon shirts here? Uh, actually, okay, give me a <laughs> second. I gotta get my lemon shirt. No, I just can't. That thing's trash. It's stupid. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I know it was like a joke and like whatever. Listen, it's stupid. Like I'm not even sure most people watching the show understand the reference from the tweet of the whole make lemons out of lemonade thing. Right? Make lemonade out of lemons or whatever. Uh, that expression. So I, I don't know, man. She's lost the step and in terms of not like, oh, she's bad in the ring or she's not as good as she once was. She's getting older. It has nothing to do with that. Just the way she, just as far as that edge, she doesn't have that same edge that she once did as the man or whatever. So I'm not even saying turn her, because I think her and Rhea is where they're headed for that championship at some point. I don't think you should take that belt off of Rhea and give it to Becky. I have no interest in another Becky title run anytime soon. I don't know about you, but I personally don't. 
With this character, no chance. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm not even sure if that feud would be great. I'm spe- I'm skeptical now. So I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to that feud at some point because it's something new. But it just I I don't know, man. I just one of those things where I just I, I just don't get it. So hopefully uh, they they can move on in different directions. Trish can go away after that show. Again, no nothing against Trish, and she's done some decent work since coming back. But uh, there's really nothing else for her to do after this run is over and Zoe can hopefully move on to something else as well and benefit. I mean, she, she has benefited. We talked about that. I think she has benefited from this program more than Becky and Trish have. Um, but the feud itself has not been great. And I'm just anticipating it ending come payback next weekend. Uh, another thing I forgot to mention last week was that we have new WWE women's tag team champions. We talked about this two weeks ago that Sonya Deville got hurt and she will not be around for the foreseeable future. They replaced Sonya in that pairing with Piper Niven, who we have not seen in months. I don't know where she was. I just think they had nothing for her. I don't know if she was hurt. I have no idea. They brought her back here, and she's the new partner of Chelsea Green. They had their first match as partners on Tuesday, or on Monday, rather, quickly beating Katana Chance and Caden Carter, the only real team they have left in that division. So I'm not sure why they would uh, book that as a straight-up squash instead of building up Chance and Carter as an actual team. To beat what other teams, I don't know, because, again, this division is dead in the water. Uh, your thoughts on the new pairing of Piper Nevin and Chelsea Green as the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions? I don't mind it. I mean, I died when like she was saying she needed a partner, and Piper basically just like bullied her way in. I like Piper. I just, I guess this is their next try with her. I feel like they've tried a few different things, and just I don't know if it just hasn't worked or what. I mean, she's been pushed like she was on all over Raw, like beginning of the year with like her, Nikki Cross, and Candice, mm-hmm. and insert other Raw person's not doing anything right now, but. I mean, I think this is a uh, attempt. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know, really know how else you'd put her with. Um, but, I mean, I, I would just put the belts in the trash at this point. Like, since they beat the only other credible team, not really sure what you do with here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that's something. It's, it's something. They picked up a win, but against a team that should not be losing. They should have just beat two local athletes or something. I don't know. It's not that difficult, but it is what it is. Um, and then the last thing on the show, the, or actually the, the Shinsuke Nakamura promo was actually excellent. I thought he did a great job of explaining his actions. The presentation of it was great. And they're targeting the back is Nakamura uh, of Rollins come payback for that World Heavyweight Championship. I thought they did a really good job this week of making me care more about that match than I did previously. I know you don't care about Nakamura as a credible challenger, and I agree with that. But I do think they deserve credit for at least attempting to make the match mean more by incorporating a real issue that Rollins is dealing with, that they could take this story and stretch it out through WrestleMania by having him finally lose to Gunther, who uses a powerbomb as his finish, so I actually like, I really liked what they did with Nakamura and Rollins this week. No, I thought this was good, I mean, like I said, I still don't really overly care about Shinsuke, but like I said, at least they kind of tried to explain it and connect the dots here, so uh, I I think it's a good start. Like I said, like maybe they can keep building this up to then he loses at WrestleMania Gunther. Mm-hmm. Or before then or something. I don't know, but it's it's certainly an idea. Uh, Judgment Day continues to dominate Raw. They they lost on Monday night in the main event against uh, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Cody Rhodes in six-man tag team action. Listen, I like these matches, but they're very house show style, and I thought it was a great match. Crowd was hot for it. But we need to move along here. They need to start, you know, moving along this Judgment Day drama because it's been going on for months, and they need to stop closing the show with just a variation of the same match every single week. No, I completely agree. It's literally like 
Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, insert another guy versus Judgment Day. They need to do a little bit better with that. I understand Judgment Day is all over Raw. Like, we still don't really know, like, what's going on even with JD. Like, every week we get, like, the JD McDonough, like, random. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I like, but just, they need to do something more. You can't just r- rinse, repeat every week and do the same match. It's just not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, this is what we get on Raw every week, so I don't know. Hey, listen, the shows have been fine. I enjoy Raw more than most. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a great show. It's the best show they do all week of all the wrestling shows. It's not. It's too long, and they do a lot of the same stuff. We're getting rematch after rematch from a lot of these people, this being no exception. they got to move this shit along. I really don't know what you do with Cody Rhodes. I thought we would get Cody and Finn to pay back. We got that two weeks ago and Cody won, so why would they do it again? Um, him and Priest, maybe? Eh, I don't know. I've seen people say, oh, Cody can beat Priest for the briefcase, and then Cody can use that as his way to get back on the road to Roman Reigns. I think that's stupid. I just feel like, yes, it gets Cody back to Roman, and he doesn't have to win the Rumble again. There's other ways you can set up that match. The brand split doesn't matter. I mean, they're doing LA Knight and Miz right now. They, they don't give a shit about the brand split, so that doesn't even matter. Um... I, I just don't, I would not waste the briefcase on Cody. I just wouldn't. I feel like more than anything, I don't want to see them waste that moment for Priest. Priest is great. He's had a great breakout year on this main roster. And to give him the briefcase, only to take it away at that point, just give the briefcase to fucking Cody Rhodes. Like, it, in, in the first place, I just thought that would, I think that'd be dumb. So hopefully they don't go in that direction. Uh, we'll wind it down here with all-in predictions. But before we get to the matches themselves, Mr. Marceau, your thoughts on the build for this show. Does it feel like the biggest wrestling show of all time, which is what they're billing it as, which is what it is. I mean, if the ticket sales are to be believed, I mean, the ticket sales that they've had for this show are legitimate. I'm talking about like for WrestleMania 32, we don't know exactly what the ticket number was for that show. It's, it ranges from 80 to like 93. So I really don't know as a fact. Um, but let, let's just say it is the biggest wrestling show of all time. Does it feel that way to you? And what are your thoughts and what the build of, the build has been for this pay-per-view coming up on Sunday at Wembley Stadium? I mean, it might be, like, the most sold tickets. When it, like, like I said, it might be billed as the biggest show ever, technically, turnstile or tickets sold. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it, though. I mean, I think the build... Like, if there's, like, Jericho mentioned last night, oh, this is bigger than WrestleMania. Imagine if WrestleMania, they announced, like, every match a week before people would be fucking crying their eyes out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's been fine. They're doing a lot of, like, multi-man matches, which, I don't know, I feel like it's lazy booking just to try to get everyone on the show. But, I mean, I think it's going to be a good show. I think a lot of their shows are good. But, reference, it, like I said, I think it's going to be the most sold show ever. But it doesn't feel like it is. It just, I don't know, I just, I think they could have done better. And, like, with All Out the week after, it just seems like a complete afterthought, which it is. But, I mean... We have one, two, three, four, five, five multi-man matches or multi-woman matches. FTR and Young Bucks completely out of nowhere. Like I feel like we should have got FTR and Juice and and Jay again. I mean that's what the kind of was built on collision. They just randomly went this direction. Mm-hmm. Punk and Joe. I mean I think that'll be a good match. Same with MJF and Cole. But I mean Osprey and Jericho. Like why? Yeah. I feel like. And then we're getting the, the six-man with with uh, Bullet Club Glow to Takeshka and Abushi Omega and Adam Page. You should have just done Omega and Takeshka one-on-one here. Um, yeah. I mean, I, mean it, I think it's going to, like I said, I think it's going to be a good show, but I feel like there's 11 matches on the card, and they said they're going to add more. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, mm-hmm. the, we have to see the House of Black and they claimed again. Like... Mm-hmm. The same stampede match is just completely like no, to throw everyone out there. Like mm-hmm. I don't care. 
the coffin match, I, I guess. I don't know. I feel like they're trying to get everyone on the show, which I get. It's a big show, but, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's going to, like I said, the biggest attendance is it doesn't feel like it because the booking was kind of, it felt like, what was the last show? Like, double or nothing. Like, I feel like everything was just so last minute and they just threw it all in. All in, I guess you could say, pun intended, but, like, mm-hmm. the week after, there's only two matches on the card, and it's like, imagine if you're going to Chicago for that show, you're going to see Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs and Luchasaurus or Darby, like, what? <laughs> They're obviously going to announce more matches after this, but it, it does feel like an afterthought. I mean, they really should have thought this through better and not done, oh, we got to stick to the all Chicago all-out tradition. You really don't. You really don't. This should have been, this, this been the show. This should have been all-out. I mean, there's no reason to build to different... I think with Darby, they're doing a great job of furthering the Swerve feud on Wednesdays and then the Christian Luchasaurus feud on Saturdays. They've done a great job of that. But, like, for example, when Hobbs called out Miro on Collision last week, uh, not last week, I think it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. He called him out and he goes, oh, I want a match. I, I, I had to check my ears for a second because he goes, I want to match it all out. And I'm thinking, I, I, I forget which one is which because they have the same fucking name, essentially. I'm not really sure why you would do that. It's pretty stupid. Just call one, one, whatever. So he calls him out for a match it all out. And I'm thinking, from a storyline standpoint, why would you want to work a random show in Chicago the week after the biggest show of all time? Like, was he told at that point as a character, hey, we have no more room in the card, pal. If you're going to have a match in the card, it's going to be on Sunday. And that's not true either because they added more matches to, to All In like days later on Dynamite. That doesn't make any sense. Like, they're building up a feud for a show that's not even happening that isn't a focal point until next weekend. And then by that point, it's way too late to... Next Wednesday's Dynamite is going to be an absolute fucking mess. Because it's either going to be rematches at All Out, or a lot of matches that they're just confirming. Like, even Wednesday's last night show I thought was a good final go-home show. But like, alright, this guy's out, this guy's in, new match made, this match is gone, this match we're going to wait until Friday to confirm. I'm like, whoa, slow the fuck down here. Like, you had months to do this, and they're doing it on Wednesday. I mean, how do we find out that Ray Phoenix and AR Fox can't go to London a week before the show? Why does this shit always happen with this company? I mean, did they know? Were they willingly advertised it anyway? And then, I just, I don't get it. I really just don't understand that at all. Um, I'm looking forward to the show. I don't want to completely shit on it. The build's been fine, but it doesn't feel like they're WrestleMania or they're... It doesn't feel like the biggest show in wrestling history. It just doesn't. But I am looking forward to it. It starts up that afternoon. Um, they do have a pretty fun card, but, I mean, it comes down to what you said. A lot of these matches are just get everyone on the card type of matches. The main events look great, but like a four-way women's match. I mean, that has no story at all. She just won the belt a month ago. Her and Stone... I mean, the Outcast are the focal point, I guess. Who gives a shit about them? Baker? I mean, I don't give a shit about her at this point currently. Uh, Takeshka and Omega, I could see why they one-on-one doesn't feel like it's worthy of the biggest stage, but if they're just going to do it all out a week later, they should have just done it there. Stadium Stampede is just dumb. But let, anyway, let's just get into this card here. Um, I, I saw on Wikipedia, it said on Zero Hour, and I don't know if this is accurate. I don't know. I thought they, maybe they already taped Rampage. But it says here that Jack Perry is defending the FTW Championship against Tuck, which makes sense, but I thought it would happen at All In. But they advertised Perry retiring the FTW Championship on Dynamite last night. They bumped the segment, but they bumped it to Collision. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm thinking that they hadn't taped Collision yet. It's usually live, they're going to wait till Saturday. They're not. They already did Collision last night. So, this match was made official during that taping. Spoiler alert. Um, everyone oh, probably... come on. I know, I'm sorry, I ruined your day. But everyone was probably expecting it anyway. It's on the pre-show. So they're not adding another match to the main card. That's fine. 
Um, anyway, so I, I actually like this storyline a lot. Hook's been gone since he lost the championship. Perry's been doing good heel work. The FTW title's a fucking waste. Um, I would love if Perry won and actually put it in the trash, but I know Hook is going to get the belt back because that's just the way the story goes. So I have Hook going over here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like theoretically, if you're going to keep building Perry up, you should win here. I'll go with Perry. I don't think Hook should win it. Like you said, I think you should just win and put the belt in the trash where it belongs. So I'll go with Hook. Or not Hook. I'll go with Jack Perry. I just feel like, why would you have Hook just, he's he's a heel. He's a heel. Like, why would you just beat him right back? I think it wouldn't really make much sense. So I'll, I'll go with, with Perry here. Okay. Zero hour, another zero hour match, as we already knew about. Aussie Open defending the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, I'm going Aussie Open here just because why would you have either your champion or your challenger before your biggest match of all time, probably? One of your biggest matches of all time in the company's history. Uh, lose a match to the fucking Aussie Open on the pre-show. I mean, regardless of what happens in the main event, if someone turns, if someone doesn't turn, I, I just don't know why you would have either of these guys get pinned before then. MJF doesn't get pinned a lot, and Cole should not be pinned here. Um, I'm going to go MJF and Adam Cole. I could see a scenario where they don't win the belts, and maybe Roderick Strong and the Kingdom cost them the championships, but again, someone would have to be pinned unless it was a non-finish, and if it was a non-finish, that's just dumb. So I, I'm going MJF and Adam Cole, your new Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. I, I, I guess. I mean, I honestly don't even know why they're doing this match. I mm-hmm. don't really care. Um, like you said, if MGF and Cole win and then like someone turns later, it just it's fucking stupid. Yeah. But like you said, then you don't want them either of them to lose. Yeah, I'll go with. I think Aussie Open will win. Okay. I think like I said, I think something with the Kingdom will happen. Maybe MGF gets pinned here, and then he beats Cole later. I don't. I I'll go with Aussie Open. I think it's just dumb if. If, if Cole and, and, and MJF win the belts that no one cares about. Yeah, and then if there's a turn that's probably coming from either one either one of these guys, um, that would make a whole lot of sense. So, yeah. No, I, I agree. I just feel like MJF and Cole will probably win. Good or bad, it doesn't really matter to me. But I think they'll win. you got Aussie Open here. Um, AEW World Trios Championships. House of Black defending against the acclaimed Billy Gunn. We knew this, exactly where this was headed. They've had replays on Dynamite and Collision for weeks. Billy Gunn retired. He, re- he didn't retire. Uh, we knew he was coming back, and he was going to challenge for the championships, and the whole story was, oh, I want to win gold for the last time. They lost the House of Black at Double or Nothing. They lost them on Collision a couple weeks later. They're not losing again. Um, I, I have no interest in a title run for Billy Gunn at this point in his career, but the acclaimed are over, and House of Black have no more challengers because the six-man tag team division is a waste of time anyway. So <laughs> I'm going to go the acclaimed to Billy Gunn, new champions here. What about you? Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I just feel like they claim they aren't going to win the belts back. I mean, they've done the whole Billy Gunn, like, with his boots and stuff. I just keep the belts uh, belts in the House of Black. I just, I mean, I don't know. It's just to put the belt belt. I think, didn't they just beat the acclaim for the belts? And then put no, no, the acclaim to the world tag team champions. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think you keep the belts in House of Black, and maybe we finally get, like, Billy away from them. I mean, they've been teasing it. Like, he's back. He's not. His boots. I think you have the House of Black win here. Maybe like Billy either retires or like legit retires or he goes heel or does something else. I don't know. I want to keep the belts in House of Black. And that's what we call wishful thinking because I, I think as smart as an idea as that is, they are not going to do that because they love Billy Gunn and they love the, the Daddy Ash shit. I mean, I know he said last year. They have to move away from that, though. The Daddy Ash shit's tired at this point. It's... The sky's blue. I completely agree with that. I, You know they're not going to do that. You know they're going to, I would say, continue to run it into the ground. It already is the ground. It's six feet under currently. But listen, it's over. 
it's over with this audience. It's not over with me or you, but this audience likes it, and they're going to go doing the scissor and shit in fucking Wembley Stadium. I think it's dumb as hell. I love the acclaimed. I don't like the pairing with Billy Gunn. I think they're better off actually actually without him. At the same time, like I said, they also don't have many other trios, so... They should have made the belts years ago. I've said this before. They should have made this in 2019, 2020. Because at this point, there's not many trios left, and no one gives a shit about the division. Uh, I got acclaimed in Billy Gunn, but I, I hope you're right, though. Uh, coffin match. This changed last night. It was supposed to be Swerve, Strickland, and A.R. Fox against Darby Allen and Sting. Swerve and A.R. Fox lost to Darby Allen and Nick Wayne last night, leading to Swerve beating up A.R. Fox, firing him from Olga Embassy after a month, and replacing him what? in this match. Like two weeks. Yeah, wait, wait, I, I'm being generous. Replacing him with Christian Cage. I love Christian. I'm glad he's on the card. It makes sense, actually, because Darby and, and, and Luchasaurus, Christian's confidant, are having a match at All Out. A week later, I get it. The AR Fox thing was dumb. I, I guess AR Fox can't work the show. But what I said to you before we hit record here, I like the fact that he was in Mulgall Embassy. Him and Swerve, you know, rekindling their Lucha Underground partnership was awesome. I don't know, man. I just think this is stupid. I just feel like, um, you know, they, they didn't have to completely fuck up the storyline. Just have him get injured or something and, and take him off the match. Why does he have to leave Mogul Embassy? I mean, he's done. I mean, I know you're not a big Air Fox anyway, but Air Fox fan anyway, but, um, you know, they could have just written him out and then put him back in the group. They're not going to do that now. He already turned him babyface. He mentioned earlier, like, they beat the shit out of Nick Wayne at his house. A week ago! They bloodied the kid up, and now they're like, all right, we're friends again. Let's kiss and make up. Like, what is this? Um, it, it's a mess, but the match should be fine. Darby Allen and Sting against Swerve and Christian. I got the baby faces going over here. Uh, Sting is not lost. I don't think he's single match in AW, and I don't think that starts here. So, what, what, do, you, what do you say? I mean, like you said, this literally makes no fucking sense. I I just, maybe just Mogul Embassy or Mogul Affiliates or whatever the fuck they're called now. Like, I guess they're just cursed. Maybe they're bringing back Parker and the tattooed guy. I don't know, like... I just feel like what if even if he couldn't wrestle at the show, like you said, get have him get injured or something. I think I'm not a huge AR Fox guy, but I think the pairing like makes sense with him and Swerve. But then just two weeks later, they just turn him turn on him. He's babyface again. Like unless this is another Swerve that he's just like I don't fucking know. I think it's dumb. I would just kept him with Mogul Phillips even if he couldn't or Mogul Embassy if he couldn't wrestle at the show because. They just did it two weeks ago. Just to turn him back, babyface, is just stupid. It's dumb. I just, I, I don't know. I don't understand that. But, uh, you know, it should be a good match. It should be an attraction. Babyface is when I would assume it is what it is. Uh, not as bad as Stadium Stampede. I mean, listen, we already got the Anarchy Rules crap, or Anarchy in the Arena at the Double or Nothing show. I'm not a fan of that stipulation. Stadium Stampede was fine for the time during COVID. Why are we bringing the shit back? I know they're actually working a stadium, so I get it. But, like, how is this going to work? Because a lot of that Stadium Stampede match, both of them were pre-taped. Even the second one with fans. A lot of that shit was was skits in the back. I mean, you're going to waste an 80,000-person arena by doing, like, pre-taped nonsense? Like, cinematic crap? Like, what is this? And the match doesn't even make any sense. Like, I know they've been feuding on and off for weeks now at Blackpool Combat Club and the Best Friends. It's not a feud I give a shit about. I would much rather see just Eddie Kingston against John Moxley straight up or Orange Cassidy against Moxley straight up because... It's it's amazing. Cassidy's the international champion. He has been for almost a year now, dude. And he's not defending on their one international show. I mean, make that make sense. That's just stupid to me. Uh, Santana Ortiz coming back last night was great. Happy to see them back. They're just plugged into this match because they have no one else to fill out the heel sides. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. I got Eddie Kingston's team going over. It really does not matter. But I got Team Eddie Kingston going over here. What about you? 
I hope someone runs long and this match gets cut. I honestly don't <laughs> care about this match. I feel like, like you said, this is strictly get everyone on the show. I mean, I literally am so tired of the BBC at this point. I just don't give a fuck. And the best friends are terrible. Eddie Kingston, I mean, I guess he's still there. I thought he was a Ring of Honor, now he's back. I mean, Penta, whatever, and then the puppy pockets, I just don't care about them. I Like I said, maybe like the four-way will go along with the women, they got to cut the match. I don't know, I don't want to see it at all. But all I'll, right. I'll pick the baby faces to go over. Okay, all right. I got the baby faces going over as well. Uh, the Golden Elite, represented by Kenny Omega, Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi, taking on Takeshka, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. Again, another match where really, Konosuke and Omega does not feel like an all-in match, but that's because they've really cooled down the feud, and it feels more like Omega and Don Callis. And Don Callis also busy with Jericho right now. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They really don't. I mean, this is all over the place at the moment. Um, but this should be a fun match, just given the start power involved the talent involved i guess you know it is what it is it feels like a dynamite main event to me but that's okay um i got gold i got takeshka's team going over here because if you're going to do omega and takeshka the following week takeshka needs some more heat here um he lost in blood and guts and a few other matches he should probably win here so that's my prediction what do you say so you're going with bullet club gold and takeshka yes yes okay i was gonna say the same thing um i think Honestly, I'm more for the fact that I really like Bullet Club Gold, so I really want them to win. Surprisingly, yeah, they've actually, yeah, I've actually liked the group. They lost a lot recently. Like they lost both matches to FTR. I mean, I guess Jay White just beat. They just had that couple matches on Collision, but I mean, it was basically against people that no one really gives a shit about. So I think you win here. Like you said, you can continue. Uh, Takeshka needs some heat to face Omega. They win here, but like you said, he's. He's with it's against Callus, with Callus is against Jericho and Osprey, and I don't fucking know. So I I'll go with Bullet Club Golden Takeshka here. It honestly feels like the match should be Jericho and Osprey against Takeshka and uh, I'm sorry Osprey and Takeshka against Omega and Jericho, given their respective issues with Don Callis. Right maybe now. we'll get maybe we get that at all out. <laughs> They're gonna drag out Omega and Takeshka even further. Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um. Maybe they do that at Grand Slam. Maybe that's the Grand Slam match, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. I love Takeshka. I just think he's not. He had all this heat when he first turned heel, and the focus has been on anything but him lately. Like Omega went from feeding. What'd you say? It's all on Callus. Yeah, no, it's all on Callus and not on Konosuke at all, but whatever. Um, Women's Championship of Kurashida defending against Tony Storm, Soraya, and Britt Baker in a four way matchup. AEW Women's World Championship. Who you got going over here? You're such an asshole. Make me pick for <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't want her. I, I mean, Soraya, I don't want her to win. I Rip don't. Baker, no. yeah. Tony just won the belt. No, it literally is either she retains or Soraya wins. I don't want Soraya to win. I just feel like they're just going to give it to her because it's in England. And yep. I just go, you know, thank you. But I'll pick Soraya anyways. I just, I mean, like I said, Tony literally just dropped the belt. So no, Sheeta like won out of nowhere. Okay, mm-hmm. and Britt no. So I, I feel like you have it's Soraya. Like I get, I, I mean, it has to be her. I guess. Yeah, that's that's the problem with me. Where I feel like you're right. It's either Sheeta or Soraya. Baker is not and should not win the championship. And Storm just had two runs with that. She should not win the belt back. Um, I had Soraya originally, but here's the, the only thing as to why I'm not going to pick her is that I don't think they would put the belt on someone that doesn't really wrestle that often because of health issues. And they said when she first came back, she's not going to wrestle more than like once a month. And she wrestles a little more than once a month. She'll sometimes wrestle on a rampage randomly. 
for the most part, she really does not work that many matches. You can't have the belt on someone that does not work a lot. I, I don't think she ever needs a championship run, honestly. It's like the Edge thing. Edge came back. Edge and Saray are not on the same level, but Edge came back, and he could have had a world championship run. They didn't do it. He didn't work a lot of matches. He worked a few matches each year. He was never world champion. Soraya also does not need to be the women's world champion. Unless she loses a week later to Tony Storm, which is very possible, or back to Sheeta, which would be a fucking waste. I honestly, actually, now that I think about it, now that we have all out the following week, I could see Soraya winning the belt here, and then, like, Sheeta beating the... <sighs> this is a mess. I could see Sheeta beating the belt back from her the following week. Uh, I'll go with Sheeta, though. I'll say Sheeta retains. I mean, at that point... Honestly, I just feel like if Tony, I don't know. I just don't think you put the belt on Sheeta in the first place on that anniversary show a few weeks ago if she's just going to lose it again so quickly. I just feel like that just labels her as a placeholder champion. She is, but you don't want to make that obvious. So I'll say she, I'll say Sheeta wins, but the Soraya thing is very possible. I think she can get her moment, but like after that, it's like one of those things, what now? Like her, She's not going to wrestle on Dynamite against two Sky Blue? Like, no thanks. Uh, CM Punk and Samoa Joe for the real world championship is what they're, what they're calling this match. Um, it should be a good match. It is played out entirely on collision. Punk's focus seems like it's on MJF and the double champion thing and also Ricky Starks. It doesn't seem like we're going to get a Joe and Punk back and forth on the mic before the show, which just makes no fucking sense to me at all. Uh, I think Punk wins here. If it wasn't for the real world championship, I would say Joe gets his win back and they have another match next weekend. But it doesn't seem like that's the case. I think Punk's going to win because the championship's on the line and he's not going to lose until he faces MJF. So that makes it kind of obvious to me that Punk's going to win this match. What about you? Yeah, I think Punk wins here. I, I just, I mean, like you said, I think it kind of writes the stars are written. I mean, I think it's him and MJF. Makes the most sense. Um, I think this has been fine. I'm, I mean, like you said, I don't know why they haven't had a, a promo battle yet. Maybe we're going to get it Saturday night. Um, but I think Punk wins. Yeah, I think Punk wins as well. Uh, will Ospreay and Chris Jericho, not for the IWGP United Kingdom Heavyweight Championship. That will not be defended here from Will Ospreay. But, you know, listen, i got to be honest. I really did not have a lot of interest in Ospreay and Jericho. It's not my most anticipated match on the show at all, obviously. But... Um, I just don't think they could be wasting, they should be wasting Will Ospreay matches on Jericho. Will Ospreay will give Jericho a great match, and Jericho's not bad, but his matches are hit and miss, hit or miss at this point in his career. That being said, I thought they did a tremendous job last night of selling me on the match with the contract signing. I thought just Ospreay would be great on the mic, but Jericho cut a great promo too, talking about what this match means to them. So, I love the contract signing, it sold me on the match, it's dumb because it's like it's a match that came out of nowhere and Jericho's a babyface again in fucking England. I mean, that's dumb. He announced yesterday or the other day, oh, it's going to be him and uh, Fozzie singing their way to the ring. That's great and all, but like Jericho's going to be booed by England. They're going to love Will Ospreay, so that's just stupid. Um, but who do you think wins here? Is it the hometown guy, Will Ospreay, or Chris Jericho getting the win? Ospreay, I mean. It has to be, right? It has to be Ospreay. I mean, I just... I, I, I would not put the I would not put Jericho over. Knowing Jericho, like he his ego, he'd put himself over the biggest show <laughs> ever. But yeah, I think Osprey needs the win here. I mean, Jericho, like that, I, I just wouldn't. No thanks. No, I know Will, Will Osprey is not even the focus here, and for the for a second straight time, he's playing second fiddle to uh, Don Callis, who's the bigger heat magnet, and who Jericho's after a lot, like Kenny Omega and uh, the Osprey match back at Forbidden Door. So it's kind of the same thing. Will Ospreay can win. It won't hurt Jericho. Jericho's Jericho. So I think Will Ospreay can, will, and should here uh, should win here. 
AEW World Tag Team titles as we wind down here. FTR and the Young Bucks didn't mention it earlier, but Cash Wheeler getting arrested last Friday. He's apparently still cleared to go. He was on Dynamite last night. They didn't say the match wasn't happening, and apparently he still can legally appear in England. The whole situation's a mess. Um, third degree aggravated assault, I believe, with a rifle. I thought he, like, hit the guy or something, but apparently he just... According to the other guy, we don't know Cash Wheeler's side of the story yet, but apparently he waved a rifle around in traffic. I mean, it just, it, that's true. Even if it... I mean, he has still had the gun with him in the car, so... I mean, I don't think that part's not true. That's still pretty dumb. It was a road rage incident, and it's pretty embarrassing for Wheeler and the company. Um, if it wasn't already obvious from that alone, I think the Bucks are going to win here. I do. I don't think they should. I think the Bucks will take the belts back because FTR might be going away for a little while. Um, and even if they weren't, I feel like they would have the Bucks go over anyway. Five-year anniversary of All In. They're what the company's all about. Ugh, I, I don't need to see the Bucks as champions, but I think that's what we're going to get. And they... Uh, I feel like they're going to win the AW World Tag Team titles here. What do you think? I mean, Ego alone, Young Bucks winning here. I mean, FTR just signed the new belts. They're signing the new deal as well. They must be happy. They just got more money or whatever the fuck they just got. Yeah, they're not I going anywhere, yeah. I don't see the Young Bucks losing. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. Like I said, five years since All Out. I don't see it. Bucks win. Don't want to see it. Don't think the audience wants to see it. We're getting it. Yeah, I think it should be a great match. And, uh... Listen, it is what it is. I'm not going to be upset when FDR loses because, again, I think the Cash Wheeler situation does not help. Um, their chances of, you know, just uh, of retaining here because it was an embarrassing situation. It, it shouldn't affect Dax Harwood, but it will. So that sucks. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like we're getting new AEW World Tag Team Champions here. And we get to the main event, the real gem of this show, which and it's going to be a fun show, I think, but it's really all about the main event. MJF Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship. Probably, honestly, the most unpredictable match they've had on pay-per-view. I don't know about ever, but certainly in recent memory. Uh, this has been one of their best storylines in recent memory as well. Great segments most weeks that Tony Khan bit backstage last week was fucking awful. But most of what these guys have done, whether it be the pre-tapes, the promos, or the matches, have been tremendous. Uh, this match should be no different. Great to see Adam Cole in this spot. He's finally finding his footing in AEW, which is great. But who turns here? Does anyone turn? Their friends going into the match? Does that change in the pre-show match? Does someone turn in that show? I, I doubt on the pre-show someone's going to turn heel. How do Roderick Strong and the Kingdom factor into this? Well, my answer is, I'm not quite sure, so I'm going to throw it to you first. Who do you think goes over here, Mr. Marceau? MJ for Adam Cole for the AEW World <laughs> Championship. <laughs> I legit hate you. <laughs> um, I honestly, I think... God, I hate this kid so much. I think, think MJF wins. I mean, I, I don't I don't think Cole wins here. I think you do. MJF wins. He turns on Cole, and he join the Kingdom and Roddy join MJF. Um, I think beginning of the I think beginning of the show, like he might take the fall. Like so, the Kingdom gets involved. He gets he takes the fall in the Aussie Open match, and then it just comes out that he's actually been in cahoots with him the whole time. Makes Adam Cole like the biggest fucking idiot ever. Or turns on Cole before he thought, like, turns on Cole before Cole's going to turn on him. MJF's the devil. Devil never loses. I, 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 I think MJF wins here with help with the kingdom and, and Roddy Strong. Roddy and the kingdom are joining one of these people. You said that's what you think is going to happen. Is that what you want to see happen? Would you want to see them with MJF slash MJF turn on Cole, blah, blah, blah? Or would you like to see the opposite, which is kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm not going to tell you whether I think it's going to happen or not. I'll tell you that in a second, but 
Would you rather see Colby the one to turn heel? I mean, he could still lose and turn heel afterward. I mean, we, we may not even get a heel turn on, on Sunday. We may not. And they might just drag this out. We have another pay-per-view next weekend, remember. So I don't know. But ultimately, I'm talking. Do you think there's a chance that Cole could be the one to be in cahoots with uh, the Kingdom and Roddy and that's the Undisputed Kingdom as opposed to MJF? Because we really don't know. I mean, it's possible. I think it'd be like, I just think with MJF, I mean, I think this is like a facade right now, like him being nice and stuff. I don't want him to go babyface. I don't think he should go babyface. What we're getting now is like, like I said, I think it's more of like a facade of him being a babyface. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, the devil comes home and screws Adam Cole before he can get screwed by him. I just, I mean, they like said, I guess he could, I just don't think MJF's a baby, it should be a babyface. Like, for what he's done so far, I think it's starting to wear thin on me. Like, the segments, like, the whole, like, going to fucking Outback and, like, the that stuff. Like, like the segments are funny at first. They kind of, with me, like, kind of losing what I liked about MJF to begin with. Mm-hmm. I kind of want him to go more of, like, a heel me a dick. So, I, I'd rather him go heel and... I mean, Cole's doing the best work of his career in, in AEW. He's also with the top guy right now, so I think that kind of helps as well. I think if he broke off with the with the Kingdom and Roddy, I think it'd kind of worth then. Yeah, he'd have to win. Sense. If he didn't win, if he didn't win, he wouldn't have anything. And I just don't think he's going to be AEW World Champion right now. I think he holds the. I think MGF holds the belt until they do some kind of unification with him and Punk, which makes sense. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. I mean, MJF and Punk kind of looms in the distance. You could still do Cole and Punk, but I just feel like no. Punk and MJF specifically have the unfinished business, you know, because they split those wins. You have to do Punk and MJF. Cole and Punk would, I, I don't, it's, I, it, there's no, there's no history there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Recently. Yeah. The whole point is, like, he lost the belt, Punk lost the belt, and MJF has had it since. I just, yeah. I, I, I think it, that's where you're going. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could put it on Cole, and then MJF wins it back at some point. I feel like that's a possibility. I think actually, I think actually, Cole wins here, and uh, MJF wins it back at all out. <laughs> he has a one week <laughs> hot heel reign as champion. I fucking no, hate I have that. I fucking hate that, but that's definitely possible. I'm gonna go MJF wins, but I do want. I don't know if he turns on Cole and he's with. I don't know. I just feel like MJF's been in so many factions, like the Pinnacle shit, and the Pinnacle was great, but they never really booked them well. I don't know. I don't really want him to have another faction. It's going to be Firm 2.0. Um, I want Cole to have that faction. I feel like he, him with a faction. I mean, he, he's been in a million factions too, but I want to see MJF on his own. Uh, as a babyface would be something new, but... Listen, I mean, yeah, I was going to say you could do babyface MJF against Punk, heel Punk, but MJF would still need the championship. So, I don't know. I feel like you could take MJF, the belt off of him here, and then put it back on Cole. The problem is that they have another pay-per-view in a week, and it would probably happen there, and not at, like, full gear. I don't know how long Punk's going to walk around with a fake title anyway, so, I mean, that's also kind of illogical. Why wouldn't he act sooner? But, anyway, I'm going to go MJF, still champion. I'm going to go MJF goes heel as well, although I would really like the opposite, because if Cole does not see this coming, then he's a fucking idiot. You already said this previously, but that's what I don't like about it, is that it's going to make him look dumb if he does not win. So, or I'm sorry, if he doesn't see the turn coming. I can see them turning on each other, maybe, because they think the other one's going to turn first. It's also very odd. That's I mean, also... I feel like you could also explain it and be like, I mean, honestly, you could say like, oh, Adam Cole literally was going to turn heel. Like, basically, like, he turns heel, like, the kingdom help him, they turn heel, MGF wins, and then literally on Monday, Wednesday night, and they can just do a segment like, oh, you thought you were gonna turn on me first? Like I went to the kingdom and Roddy Strong with a bigger off. Like he's the money guy. Mm-hmm. I went with the, you went with friendship. I went with the money. 
you try to turn them in. I got uh, and I got them before you, they got like yeah, yeah. I turned them before they got what you wanted to do. I don't know. I feel like you do something like that. It still make them look fucking dumb as fuck, but at least there's some kind of ex- explanation. Yep. Like if they just turned on them, like like and it was just like they were with me the whole time. Then Adam Cole looks like the biggest idiot. Yeah, he looks like a dumbass. I, I think see if them. you like said like Adam Cole originally was going to turn on MJF, but MJF like sweetened the deal and the kingdom went with him instead. I think that'd make at least it makes sense. Like at least there's a uh, an out for Adam Cole. If they just were going to turn on the whole time, he's just a dumbass. Yeah, no, he's just a dumbass. <laughs> so no, no, that's true. That's 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 a very good point. I could see how they could uh, kind of finesse that to make it make sense. But listen, I'm excited to find out. Come all in. Coming up on Sunday, it should be a big show. And I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk all about it next week here on the show, along with all out predictions and payback as well. New episodes every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single week. Mr. Marceau, brother, enjoy the weekend. Try to find some time off and relax yourself before the big show on Sunday. And I'll catch up with you next Thursday, brother. Sounds good, man. Adios.